Okay. Today, I want to talk about this mental model called the four S's of work. And I came across this um, in a book called The Happiness Equation by Neil Pasricha. I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing his name right. But the title of the book is The Happiness Equation, Want Nothing Plus Do Anything is Equal to Have Everything. Uh, so I haven't I haven't read the whole book, but I was looking at this one particular aspect of the book. It's chapter seven of the book. And he talks about the four S's of work. And I have been thinking about this topic, um, about the importance of um, some kind of a structured work and why is it important for us to have um, a, a, some kind of a work that is structured and there is like a proper um, goals and systems and everything, right? So, okay, so let's get down to this uh, mental model and let me give you a brief overview of what he's talking about. So uh, he starts this chapter with the question, why work? Let's break it down. And then he uh, has this first S, which is social. And he says, you know, basically we have been like hunter-gatherers millions of years ago. And then, uh, you know, it's no secret that we survived not because of our brutal strength. Because if we are doing a comparison based on strength, um, all the other animals, most of the animals out there in the wild will easily overpower us, right? And the only reason we survived because of our intelligence and our brains have been more developed. And then we, because of those highly developed brains, we also have the ability to cooperate with um, fellow members of our species, even beyond the genetic pool. So that is what makes us special. And that's why we survived. And that's why we are the number one species on the planet. And that's why we have control over the whole earth um, for better or for worse. Um, so basically he says, our brains were the foundation of our development as the most social species on the planet. Because to put it simply, if you weren't social back then, you died. Today, study after study shows that it is our social connections that are the single biggest driver of our happiness. New York Times best-selling author Daniel Gilbert writes in Stumbling on Happiness, If I wanted to predict your happiness and I could only know one thing about you, I wouldn't want to know about your gender, religion, health or income. I'd want to know about the strength of your relationships with your friends and family. So being social is, is part of our DNA and we are essentially social animals. So having that kind of social interactions is very important for our mental and emotional well-being. And obviously, if you look at the way work is structured today, majority of our time is spent in the working environment. You work like 40 hours uh, a week. So eight hours in a day, you are spending in your office or you're spending interacting with people who are your co-workers or colleagues. So social dynamics is a huge part of your work. So that's the first S. The second S uh, is structure. So he says that, you know, basically all the, whether you're rich or poor, there is just one common thread between you and the rich, right? Or whoever you are. That's because you have 168 hours in, in their weeks, no more, no less. So even the richest man in the world, he can't buy more time. It's just not for sale, right? So time is a truly scarce resource. The only truly scarce resource is time, right? Everything everything else you can really 
buy um, with money, but you can't buy more time with money. So, um, and so when you when time is the truly scarce commodity that you have, it is very important that you structure the time so that you spend it effectively, right? You don't want to waste it. Um, and he gives this a very good, uh, uh, you know, perspective that you know everyone has one hundred and sixty eight hours, and he says that the beautiful thing about that is that you can divide that into three equal buckets of fifty six um, uh, hours, right? So he says that okay, and even if you give like um, uh, is eight hours of sleep every day, uh, you get like fifty six hours um, uh, for of sleep a week, right? Uh, so that's fifty six hours that you slept, right? That's needed for the body for for rejuvenation for renewal, so that you come back to work energized. The second bucket is the is the work bucket where you are spending 56 hours working, right? So eight hours, seven days a week. Again, you are spending 56 hours, and it's these is the third bucket where uh, the real fun happens, right? Like you you spend time with your family and friends. Um, you know, you go to the gym, you you work out, or you play. You have a hobby. You you feel like like woodworking or whatever it is that you're into. That's the a third bucket um, where it will fall into, uh, right? So basically, the second bucket of work provides the structure, and it also pays for the structure, right? So the second bucket is what is paying for you to pursue the things that you want to do um, you know, during your leisure, or like it, it, it provides for your family. It, it pays the mortgage. You can you can spend that money to put your uh, kids in good schools, give them good education, uh, you know, it basically provides for all the, the things that you want to purchase or all the goods that you want to purchase, all the services that you want to purchase. And it essentially makes your life easier. And that's what work provides. It, it provides uh, a means of survival. And not only does it provide a means of survival, it also provides you with uh, the structure that he was uh, mentioning previously. And one of the key things that a lot of research have, have found out is that when this uh, structure of Monday to Friday, 9 to 5 lines disappear from our weeks, our lives get blurry, right? He says, you always feel the drain of wanting to work. You need money, you need social stimulation, and you always want to balance this by spending time with family, friends, and kids. Um, having a sense of stimulation is about embracing your inner three-year-old. Every day at work, you experience hundreds of tiny joys. They're easy to overlook, but work exposes us to simple joys every day. You know, when everyone nods at the thing you just said in the meeting, the guy who fixes the photo photocopier for you, coming back from lunch to a way better parking spot, when the meeting ends early, a co-worker showing you a keyboard shortcut on your computer... Leftover cake in the office kitchen, the feeling you get after finishing a big project right at the deadline and knowing you did a great job when someone decorates your cubicle for your birthday. So these are all like good moments that happens at work and you get that social interaction, you have that structure. So that's all about structure. And lastly, the last S is, um, oh no, I think that, that was stimulation, I missed an S. So this was the third, what I just read was uh, under the title stimulation. So basically... You know, we need that stimulation. Everyone thinks that, you know, their ideal life is one where you just sit on a beach and that's going to be like paradise where you do nothing. But like the moment you 
go for a long vacation you understand that this is not fun at all that stuff gets old real fast uh, and boring real fast so you realize that you need some some kind of intellectual stimulation you need some kind of mental stimulation physical stimulation and that that that's and work provides you with that you know like if you if you, i'm not talking about like you know work that is like back breaking <clears throat> but i'm talking about work where <clears throat> you have some real intellectual stimulation um like you know like if if you are into like product development or like in engineering or like whatever you are you're into uh, ideally you are working in some kind of a knowledge work uh, domain where you can solve real problems that have real implications in the world and that brings us to the last s which is story right and he gives a, goes on to give the story of a pacemaker the inventor of pacemaker uh, j a macwilliam um he invented the pacemaker in 1899 and how he went on to start the company and stuff like that and eventually in the 1960s fully implantable pacemakers were popularized by this company called Medtronic and he says the uh, the mission statement of Medtronic is to contribute to human welfare by alleviating pain restoring health and extending life so what a great mission and i work for Pfizer right now in 2021 and um Pfizer's mission is that to to create breakthroughs that change lives and with the covid vaccine we have seen that indeed it was a breakthrough vaccine that literally saved thousands and thousands of lives so uh it, and it, it makes us feel good like when you work for an organization like that that has a great purpose it really feels fulfilling when you go home when you go to work and you work on something um that actually makes an impact on the world and the thing is that like i work in portfolio management right now project in portfolio management and it's not that i am working on developing the actual products that the patients are using i used to do that in my previous role as a product development engineer but right now i i i'm i'm looking at the big picture i'm working mostly in excel and other software and applications that enables the engineers and the scientists to do that work so even though i'm not directly working on that product i still know that the work that i do even though it might be a boring excel that has like a thousand lines it still contributes to a mission that is that is impacting and touching the lives of people so uh so every company has a story and the better that story is the better you feel by working um so when you're working so and this is i'm quoting from the book when you're working you become part of something bigger than yourself volunteer at the library and you spread knowledge to the community teach at the college and you're developing productive members of society write for the city's biggest blog and you're creating community and what does retiring do it chops you out of a productive story you aren't part of something bigger than yourself anymore and this hampers your ikigai uh this ikigai is a japanese word i think it it means a combination of your passion that um that that also uh, the world needs and it also pays you so it, it it's like a venn diagram and and this ikigai is the work that pays you the world needs and you enjoy doing right so you don't give up work you will be giving social so if you give up work basically he's saying that you'll be giving up this social structure stimulation and story you get every day from being there forget the money you lose the four s's and they are much more important and uh i have been thinking about this a lot um because re- recently there is a lot of uh, discussion 
because of the creator economy people are saying that you know you don't need to go for work anymore you can be uh you know financially independent early you can retire early and do whatever you want to do but most of the people that i have seen they are equally confused and equally lost and one of the problems with being a creator is that you really uh you you are not connected to a large goal or something much larger than yourself right like sitting here and writing blog posts every day or making podcasts may seem like fun when you imagine it but like you lose that sense of like social fabric uh, in which you were embedded uh, in in a regular work environment and the reason why uh, we have in in many cases we have to work for a company is that it is uh, because the work that these companies are doing is not something that an individual can accomplish on his own for example like in my case like you know developing a medical device or developing a drug uh, a drug product um, or a medicine it's an immensely complex endeavor that no one person knows how to do the only way we can do this is by through specialization and exchange of knowledge and collaboration and you know and along with the regulations and all these things that needs to be taken care of and you know if you think about all the the expenses and the amount of capital that is required to produce these kind of medicines it is it is an the corporation is a natural evolution the only way you can create this kind of medicine at a reasonably affordable rate and even you know we can it, that whole, that's a whole another conversation whether medicines are affordable or not but for the majority of the case it is i would say and the only reason that is possible is that we should not take that for granted is that corporations exist and at that large scale we are able to bring down the cost that is affordable to people that is more accessible to people that makes medicines more accessible so whether you like it or not large companies are essential for the progress of our societies and as long as large companies exist and as long as you know robots don't take over the world we need people to to come to great companies and contribute to their larger missions right i mean there we might reach a stage where majority of the the physical work and also with ai a lot of these computational work will get out uh, you know like outsourced to the robots but we still need engineers and scientists and creative individuals contributing to the mission so it's not like you can quit a job and then you'll can sit in a beach even if you get a, like a million dollars you if there are there is a very high chance that you'll become depressed pretty soon if you if you just go sit on a beach or you'll end up drinking and you know like destroy yourself so uh the case he's making i actually agree with him that work is an essential component uh of every human beings uh life and whether you like it or not you you will have to do some kind of work even if your dad is a uh, a billionaire like it is in your best interest to find something find a problem in the world find a challenge in the world uh find a situation that needs a solution and then use yourself um to solve that solution and maybe pick up some skills and knowledge that uh, that you can use to solve that problem and in the process you yourself grows right um so 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 yeah uh, so that's that's something that i thought was very interesting and there is also this other um mental model which is um i saw on jamesclear.com uh the author of the book atomic habits and he talks about this four uh, burners so instead of four s's and this is not just about work he just says you can divide your life into like four 
burners and you know one is family the second is friends your health and work so he is basically saying these are the four important categories in your life and one of them is work um uh, so 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 yeah so i don't know um uh, from what i have thought about from what from my personal experience i feel like uh it's not that work is a bad thing it's that most people are who say that they just want to quit their jobs and do something else either they're stuck in places where they hate the people who uh, whom they work with uh or the work sucks like the work is not enjoyable or the work doesn't give them any actual challenge or the work doesn't contribute to any uh, any meaningful purpose or mission so i will stop here uh if you have any thoughts on um the the importance of work or your uh, you know personal ideas on this uh, let me know